Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. Okay, welcome to another FML Field Fireside Chat. This is Alon. I'm joined by the legendary FPL manager, Late Riser. How are you doing, LR? I am doing good. Uh, this is a little bit of a fan moment for me as well, because <laughs> uh, FML FPL is actually the first podcast, not even the first FPL podcast that I've gotten hooked to. So so you guys really got me into the culture and uh, just, uh, you know, FPL doesn't really begin for me until I'm listening to your uh, preseason chat. So yeah. Very, very excited to be here. Means a lot, dude. I appreciate it. And it, yeah, it's been a while. Like you said, I mean, you were on, I looked it up. You were on with Walsh over two years ago, over a hundred episodes ago. And you guys were looking at the last nine game weeks of the lockdown season. Like that's how yeah. long ago it was. Like no fans in the stands, just nightmare, pandemic, whatever. Um, so what, where are you at sort of this season so far? Like what percent? stuck in are you right now with your preseason and tinkering and planning and just FPL everything? Before Sunday, I wasn't really stuck into things. But uh, you know, I spoke to Baker on Monday, had a promoted team spot yesterday. I heard your uh, pod, the premium one, this mm-hmm. morning as well. So slowly getting into the group, but I feel like there are so many, so many unknowns at the moment oh, yeah. in terms of what City are going to look like, what Liverpool are going to look like. like, And we're talking about the best teams in the country at the moment, you know. like you, you, At the moment, you can't point out and say who's going to be playing on the left and who's going to be playing on the right in that City team. And yeah. those are really good FPL options, right? So we need a lot more information before any sort of serious tinker is out there. Yeah, yeah. And I remember back then you weren't a big tinkerer, but also I assume a lot has changed now. You know, I feel like... Back then, at least from my perspective, you were sort of this like mythical creature who somehow finishes top 1000 every year. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? What the hell is happening right now? I didn't even know that was possible. And now, you know, I feel like most people who play FPL or listen to FPL pods or on FPL Twitter generally know who you are. And of course, you have your own pod, FPL Wire, which just keeps growing and growing every season. How has that changed your relationship to FPL and how you play FPL? Has it at all changed? It's changed not because of me doing content mm. per se uh, or absorbing content. I used to be as obsessed. I used to spend the same number of hours, if you ask me. You know, maybe earlier it was reading articles on FFS or reading articles on BBC because yeah. that's the information we had back then. And now it's just a lot more filtered in terms of you're getting a lot more value for every hour that you're spending researching FPL because a lot of people are doing good research and it's available to you, including you guys, like, you know, on the platter to make sense of. So in terms of how obsessed I am with the game, I think not much has changed. In terms of how my playstyle has changed, I think that the biggest factor in slightly changing my playstyle has uh, been year before last I had a 700k season. And uh, and before that, things were going all right. Like, you know, it was pretty much under 10K every season. So, you know, it, it was my first yeah. season in a long time. So that's when you just look back and uh, figure, you know, what the fuck happened. Yeah. And, uh, and then and then it's exactly what you pointed out uh, in your uh, postmortem part. Because what I realized is I looked at my best three or four seasons 
back then. And what I noticed was, so, so the four people that don't know, I do like to bet against the chalk once in a while and try to spike those halls, etc. Yeah. as well. Most of those spikes came through post gaming 50. And, uh, what happened in the 600k season is, uh, I talked myself into starting without Mo Salah game week one. And the season before that, I had a really, really good season. And, and you start to believe everything that's going on in your head. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, Get a little inflated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it was difficult to recover from that. And I'm like, I, because tilt is a weird thing, you know, when you're sitting at 2 million, 3 million, you're trying to sort of compromise and shortcut your way. Yeah. Uh, and make your way up the ranks. So I feel like I'm all right, uh, you know, not backing what I see or backing the instinct at the start of the season because it's essentially still just a roll of the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think nobody the- really knows much early season. Yeah. And I remember when we did that post mortem where I sort of came to the same conclusion on my own play style my own teams you immediately sent me your twitter thread that was like dude i already figured this out <laughs> look at all the data yeah. and i'm like fuck i should have read that beforehand but yeah i mean it's it it's worth reminding that even though it feels like we know everything right like if if some stranger on the street asked me five questions right now I'd, i wouldn't even hesitate i'd answer all five i'd be like yeah this is gonna happen this is gonna happen they're gonna win the league they're gonna finish fourth whatever but we actually don't know anything and i i remember this i'm not like a huge math guy i'm not that good at it and, and whatnot but there's a double pivot episode where they said roughly after 10 matches then we're at about 50 percent of the or fifty percent likely that the data is like good or something like that, and so fifty percent like we're still talking about a flip of a coin, you know, it still yeah. might be fifty percent wrong. But even at that's after ten game weeks, so who the hell am I to be like? I know what's going on in game week one. I'm going against it, you know. So that was obviously a big theme in the premium episode with the ownership, and I definitely wanted to talk about that with you because you're so much better at the game than Walsh and I. But you know, right now. I don't know if you've been tinkering, but the ownership is like so high on like nine or 10 players. Like there's a very strong established template. It's very affordable. It's very, I think, objectively good. I think only maybe like Neto is the only pick where I'm like, eh, I don't know about Neto, but every pick, every other pick, I'm like, yeah, he's just a good pick. Um, how do you, where, where do you begin with making your own team? Like, do you look at that? Do you like look at ownership and are like, I should get all these guys or do you start with the premiums or wh- how do you, how do you do this? It starts with the fixtures always. Oh, like, interesting. Just always starts with the fixtures. Have a look at what the teams are looking like, et cetera, et cetera, as well. Cause my assumption is that most of my assumptions early season might be wrong. So, so <laughs> right. why not just, yeah. Why not just look at the fixtures and try spacking a few halls there? And obviously try getting as, especially this season because of the way they've priced the game. It's possible to get nine or 10 players from the good teams if you go big at the back. So that's, that's essentially how I sort of build the team in my head where, okay, I know I want to have, and this season it becomes a lot simpler because the best two teams in the country have really, really good fixtures to start yeah. the season. And, uh, that's sort of where I build my team, but there's, there's always the inkling to do the thing. 
like you guys said, right? you I want know. to do a little bit of the thing, right? And and it's and, like the and, special and, sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe do like ten, twenty percent of the thing because <laughs> the 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 motive of the game is to still have fun, right? Like mm. you, you want to have, and 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 I know you spoke about you know putting it on your forehead in terms of yeah. points are fun, getting points are fun, but you want to play this game differently, and so do I. Yes, like you absolutely. don't want. You don't want to do it the way it's supposed to be done. You want to do a little bit, because because what's the point of watching so much football then? Is is what I ask myself. So I give myself a little bit of that space, but lesson learned in that 600k season. You know, earlier I used to think about FPL being the game in which you have to put yourself in the position to get lucky. Now, 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 there's a small addition to that definition now, provided you put yourself in the position to not get fucked. Like <laughs> yes, yes, that's good. Like, that's really good. Yeah. yeah, like that's insurance, right? Like you need to right. do that. Like, like, like the bet for is probably as important as the bet against. Right. Like you need right. to need to look at both the things in my head, and so you know, if if I'm not going to be stupid and bet against Mo Salah early season, I'm not going to be thinking about betting against Erling Haaland early season and, and it's fun also like owning this new guy who's come to the premiership yeah, very very highly absolutely. rated place place for the best team in the country but then I'll give you an example of what's happening with my brain this season and I'm like there are two things that have changed in the meta per se this season one of them is that we have a clean slate game week 16 yep. like that's huge never huge. never happened before and I'm almost sure that I'm very comfortable while carding game week two, three, four, or five if I have to. Because what's happening is when you're in previous seasons, let's say if you're hitting the wildcard button around game week two, three, or four, you're thinking you're you're skeptical of pushing the button because you're not sure of the information that you have and the assumptions that you made because you're building your team for 20 plus game weeks, essentially. You're probably right. going to use your wildcard around game week 25, 30 is what the yeah. assumption you make in your head. This time, even if you wildcard game week five, it's just for 10 weeks. Right. That's pretty like crazy the, to think about. Yeah. Like you're not taking forward except for team value. You're not really taking anything else forward further into the season. So I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the fact that, uh, Conte has a full preseason and Spurs were absolutely nuts in the second part of last season. And I'm like, that. there's just an opportunity, especially when you see Southampton at home and Wolves at home in the first three game weeks. Mm. And like, Forest in game week four. And Forest in game week four. And I'm like, th- th- that's the opportunity. And so, you know, in my head, I'm not even tinkering right now because I know that I'll need to find a few sacrifices because the bet against is important, right? I'm, I'm We're trying to play the game as well like you and Walsh mentioned that we're playing against 10 million other people and yeah. uh, uh, Haaland can easily spike a hat-trick game week too and you're 40 points behind 6 million people in the game already and and, and that's not a good position that's to be that's not fun that's not fun that's not fun and I don't know how possible it is to get a balanced premium draft because I want Son or Kane because I see halls in those games yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I'm at the moment where if there are a few enablers or people that emerge that are providing amazing value then i incline to go that way but right. you need to you need to let not that not let be a thing that you're obsessed with 
Like, all yeah. right, if Son plus player B doesn't make more sense than Diaz yeah. plus player Vardy B. and uh, six yeah. million, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Then you, you don't do, you don't go there. Just that's the, but that's the opportunity. That's what I want to try doing. It's like, and that's, that's where, where you start. And then when you're actually playing around, you see if it's actually viable or not. That, that's basically what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I think that's the struggle that Walsh and I have had, you know, that we were kind of, I felt like I was going through like a meltdown on the, on the premium pod because it, it, it's just the feeling that I had was constantly like, okay, so I'm tabling the fact that I need Holland and I need Mo. And I'm not even going to argue with that. I do accept that as like, that's fine. I understand and accept that. But then there's that other side, like you're talking about, where I'm like, okay, but I want a Spurs player. I want Vardy. I want Kev. And that's where it starts to become so frustrating because it's so difficult. It's almost unreachable. And the flip side of that is also, if you do go for something like that, like let's just say you found a draft you like that had Mo Holland, Son just in, a, in an imaginary world. That still means you're probably betting against at least one of Trent Cancelo, who are both 50, 50 plus percent owned, right? That means you're betting against Reese, who's 40 something percent owned. That means you're betting against Diaz, who's 30 percent owned. Like, that means you're betting against Jesus, who's 55 percent owned. Like, how do you, why is it okay to bet against 56 percent Jesus and not okay to bet against 64 percent Holland? Because the maximum. Jesus is going to cost you is 54%. Holland, Holland could cost you 110%. True. Because people are going to captain. Captain. So, so, yeah. the, the, so the weight of the bet just becomes a yeah. lot bigger. So that, that's, that's essentially it. Yeah. If you want yeah. to bet against Jesus, if you want to bet against uh, Reese James, I'm still all right to do it because uh, are there opportunities in terms of fixtures? Are they clean sheet fixtures? I try to look at that. Uh, the opposition that Jesus is playing you know I think he's got Palace and Leicester early on uh, am I thinking he's gonna go crazy and get yeah. three goals against two decent teams like yeah. that's the sort of weightage that you build in your head when you're betting that yeah and 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 so I, I want to bring this right into the picture because like the kind of things you got you guys have spoken about in terms of big picture value picks throughout the season it just isn't fully in concurrent with the meta and the meta the biggest meta is that you're getting a clean slate game week 16 like you can afford to go haul chasing yeah looking right. at a five weeks late or a six weeks late and then later yeah. a nine weeks late like that's that's the thing you need to yeah. sort of balance so you basically think you'll probably be more aggressive than you have been in the past early season where you said that you're, you know, famously a late riser, second half of the season guy. And then are you, are you scared of that at all? Because of the thing we just talked about before, where like, we don't know shit early season. Like, so is taking risks early even good despite a, a, a second wild card? But the, the risk is weighted, right? It's insured. I'm, I'm starting with Salah and Holland. Yeah. So, so like for things to go bad, they really need to go bad. Cause I'm, Making the, I'm ensuring the heavy bets against. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm not really going batshit crazy. There's a little bit of a balance that I'm finding in terms of how crazy I'm allowing myself to go early season. And, and in my head, is, is it even a far shot where you're expecting Son or Kane to spike three or four returns in those early four or five games? It, it's a fairly safe bet if you really think about it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think they're the third best team in the league, and I look at those yeah. fixtures, and I'm like, yeah, they're going to destroy. In two out of those four games, they'll probably score three-plus, at least, right? Yeah. That, I yeah. feel like that's yeah. safe. At Chelsea, okay, maybe not. And maybe one of the other games, they have like a tough 1-0 or something. The, the ball's just not going in the net. But yeah, the other games, yeah, probably three-plus. And the, and the right balance, I reckon, is is you have these nine and a half, ten million premiums that you guys have spoken about. The Brunos, yeah. the Sterlings. I think Vardy. where I, pro- I love Vardy. Vardy. Well, great. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Like if 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 so, instead of going Son and Kane, I was going Vardy or Bruno, or uh, it'd be fairly easy to make a decently balanced team if you're spending nine and a half, ten million on that third spot in my opinion. I think twelve million is the real challenge or eleven and a half million is yeah. the real challenge when you're trying to build that team. But then I, I wouldn't be looking at it if I didn't see opportunity in Southampton at home and Wolves at home. Like yeah. there's an right. opportunity there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. It's it's I feel like I don't know, maybe it's because we had a month off. I mean, I really do feel like that as a factor for Walsh and I, because usually we're just like on the grind, never stopping. But a month off to sort of reflect, but to also reinvigorate like the juices of like, okay, I want to actually do well. Like it's not fun anymore not doing well. You know what I mean? And so actually yeah. like thinking and, and analyzing this stuff that we have tended to probably avoid talking about. We just talk about who we hate and who we love or whatever. It's interesting, but it's uh, it's a little scary and overwhelming at the same time. Um, but I yeah. feel like to 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 find yourself as an FPL player, I think you maybe need to go through that meltdown to eventually get there and talk yeah. about FPL more from a strategic point of view. Because there's no doubt in my head. I've I was telling you before I came on. I've heard ninety five percent of your pods in yeah. the last two <laughs> yeah, and a half, no. three seasons. So, so I, I I know how you guys think and. In my head, there is no doubt that you guys are the best readers in the game in terms of what's happening on the field. Like you guys are two to three, four weeks ahead of most people before people realize that, okay, this thing is actually happening Mm -hmm. on the pitch. And and from a very selfish point of view, that's why I listen to you. Like (laughs) Apart from it being a lot of fun, the fact that your reads are amazing is why I listen to you. And... That's why the the suggestion that I made, uh, you know, in questions for the pod is I I feel like you guys need to do like one pod a month, which is just sitting back and seeing, right, you know, these are the things that we're seeing. Yeah. But like, out of the things to see, what can we use to translate into getting or gaining rank in FPL? Right, like, right, right. Like, like that's that's about it. That you just need to have that extra one question. Like, okay, yeah. we know this now. How do we use this to gain rank? Yeah, I mean, I, I fucking love that idea. I think, I think Walsh would be into that too. We just, I mean, we do two pods a week minimum anyway, as is like, what's one more reflective pod? It's nothing, but, um, yeah, it can even be, it can even be the last 10 minutes of any pod. Right, right, right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be its own episode. Totally. Just that. I just need you on once a month to remind me to stop doing stuff. But we, we DM enough that like we know each other's moves and stuff. It's no problem. But yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm, uh, not scared of, but I'm like, oh, well, I'm excited about it is that I'm ready to get grilled by you because I know that you and specifically you and Baker are like, yeah, let's, let's, let's ask Alon about this, like this problem, that problem, this weakness, that weakness. So it, 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 it isn't even a weakness. Like, uh, 
So we were talking yesterday and I'm like, you know, we were like, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, let's go off the cuff because like we know each other and we can really yeah. talk about anything. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I, I, I just suggested to you that I, I have a unique position of having heard you guys for the most part of last two years. And I think yeah. it's a good opportunity to just bring that out because so everybody who listens to you wants you to do well. Like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. well, uh, okay. I understand what you're saying, but they, also, everyone at the same time says that the best episodes are when we do really badly. Everyone loves a dark pod. You know yeah, you love yeah. a dark pod. I, I love a dark pod, but dark pods <laughs> will come twice a season, irrespective of whether yes, you're doing well yes, or not. Yes, true. Like, like, like these things happen in FPL, but like, yeah. it's, I've already mentioned what the main thing is. Like, you see so many good things in terms of reading the game and just... The question is, okay, we see these six things this week. Now, do we need to act on these six things? What what really happens is, out of those six things that you see, three things really, really excite you because, fuck, nobody else has seen it and it's so much yeah. fun to see this thing. But the other thing that's probably not as exciting might lead to more FPL game. Like, right. Yeah, can you give like, me an example? Um, what do you mean? Like, so you're saying, like for example, yeah, yeah, like for ahead. example, the obsession with goalkeepers. Yeah, like, like uh, once, once I pick a goalkeeper, I'm not really thinking about that choice again. Yeah, until my wild card. Yeah, or when I don't have a position to settle in my ten on the pitch. Yeah, uh, and I will only look at it then. And it's all right if that goalkeeper's getting 20 points lesser uh, to the field yeah. over a period of five not weeks. A, not a big deal, yeah. No, because my mind is tuned in terms of how do I gain 20 points on the field in one week. Right. Like, that's how my brain is working. Yeah, like, yeah. And, 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 but that's how I also play the game. And that sort of changes season to season, etc. as well. Like, So that's 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 one thing that I want to talk about. You guys are talking about the chalk. I feel like the things that I'm going to tell you, you already know, because I think you're already going through that process. Because like you mentioned, the break sort of reinvigorated the whole yeah. factor of, right, you, you really want to do well. And I don't think you're, I think you're perfectly capable of doing well in the thing. Like, uh, like, 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 Walsh is so aware of the meta in terms of, if you told him, make a separate team and just play chalk. Because these are the things that you're supposed to do to get a top 10k finish. I guarantee you, he gets top 10k, top 10k finishes six out of seven years. Because six I out mean, of seven years, like, but it, it's the constraint. Like, so I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right example or not. Because uh, I was talking to CY, who's a Baker's pod partner, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we were talking about how content is blowing up and shit, and what people are really doing is ten minute, fifteen minute, sixty second content, yeah. and I was like, it, it's so easy to talk FPL just for ten minutes, and uh, his reply to me was, it's so difficult to talk FPL for just ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. That's like, spot on. Like that's that's the constraint in terms of. I don't know if you I, I don't think you can percentage this and gamify this but like just 
make sure you're aware of the bets against when you're making the bets against. That's that's yeah. really yeah. really about it. And be aware of the chalk. Like, uh, how do you get aware of the chalk? Just go to livefpl.net and they're giving you ears for these players right. every week. But do that. That's that's yeah. really it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that you know one of the many ways that Walsh and I struggle would be. You know, we don't have so and so, and his EO is really high, and he's just killing us every week. Our first reaction isn't, I'm going to go get this guy and solve the problem. I think our first reaction is, I fucking hate this guy, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a voodoo doll, and I'm stabbing it before I go to sleep every night. I hope he just gets negative five points so I can finally do well. Yeah, I know. I know. Too much emotion. I know, man. Too much, too much. It's not too much emotion. It's good to be emotional with FPL. I just think, like, the, okay, if I was to quantify this right now, we want to make bets against the chalk because that's how we were, we arrived yeah. as FPL yeah. players. Yep. Now, even if you have three players that are different from the chalk, you have three into 38. Now, that's about 250 bets you're making against the chalk. And these are even smaller bets. And then there will be six or seven or ten times a season. Probably better. We've already seen proof in some data that that, that those big bets also can be made in the second half of the season. So tell yourself you had 300 bets for the season in terms of going against the chalk. It's just too early to make the big bet when you start making the big bets. Right, right, right. right. That's sort of a subjective process. And I mean, Double Pivot told you that. like, Because we actually start seeing data which is 50% good. 10 game weeks into the season. Right. That's right, all right. the meta that you need to know. Right. That's, that's really all that you need to know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a poker player, but I feel like it's it's sort of analogous to like, you're sitting at a poker table, you're not going all in before you know, you know, you have the read of the table. Like, you're not just blowing everything right away. You play the long game, you try and read the situation and then pick your spot. I feel like that's sort of how you play the game is like, chill, chill, a couple picks, a couple moves, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. And then like, I, you know, I feel like you're famous for being like, okay, this is the week I'm hitting in Aguero and triple capping, or this is the week I'm bringing in Bruno Ronaldo mm-hmm. last season, like capping against the grain, like going against Mo, whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great way to play the game. That's why, that's always why I use you as an example. And obviously, I'm one of the reasons besides just, you know, we're friends and stuff that I want you on the pod is because I feel like you're the closest in terms of style to how Walsh and I want to play the game, but you obviously are really good and do really well and consistently really high ranks versus like, you know, I could find a lot of people who are just rogue all the time and do really terribly. And I'm like, yeah, cool. But like, it's not working. So I don't really care. Yeah. The key is not go rogue all the time. Just allow yourself 20%. That's, that's it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think if you sort of added this weightage in your head, the bets you'd make me be much better than the bets I'm making because you you guys see everything there is to see. That that's really it. Just, once I once I win, the, you know, the Indian mini league, then I'll you know I'll let you know. Once I'm number one overall in a country, then then we can talk. You know. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else but, should we talk about? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, so, so, so I was talking to Baker and I just took down the pointers, which pretty much covers everything that we've needed to cover, but it's, it's worth quoting him in terms of what he had to say. And he sent yeah. me this text. Uh, so I just told him, you know what, I'm going to talk to Alon tomorrow. And I told him this might be a good angle because we're listeners. Yeah. And, you know, so this is what he sent. 
This is quoting Baker. From a pod perspective, I noticed recently how intertwined their languages between football and FPL. Like I think most of us talk football or FPL. I tend to talk football and apply an FPL lens or I talk FPL and apply a football context. They more than anyone talk a full hybrid when they discuss games and players. But they rarely switch out from that into a full FPL mode for what is strategy. I feel like if they just focus a little bit on that, they'd be great at the game. That's it. Like occasionally I just want to them to right. take a step back and look at the state of the game. Right, right, that's, right. That's, yeah, I guess I, I guess where a lot of this is also rooted. Now just hearing that and just, reply, just reflecting just on that. Ending. His last line, that's yeah. why we use and abuse them. That's why we use and abuse them. Oh that is beautiful. Yeah. I mean it was, it's funny. I'll go back to what I was gonna say, but it is funny when like I'm sure Walsh has had this too, but we haven't talked about it when but when people ask me sort of about the pod, like, you know, people who don't, you know, play FPL or follow it or whatever, and they're just like, oh, so, you know, are you really good? Or like, you know, whatever. Usually I'm like, no, I'm like, okay, but like, not really good. I'm not nowhere near like the best players or whatever. And then, you know, we talk, kind of talk about that and joke about it. And, you know, I, I talk shit about myself, whatever. But then there's always the like caveat of, yeah, but also a lot of the best players in the game listen to our pod and like care about what we have to say. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I don't really know. You know, they think we're good at some stuff, but they don't just, they don't do the moves that we do. And it's a, it's a weird balance, but yeah, I think you and Baker fall into that. And, 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 and like take the notes you're saying or, or do you specifically to Alon, I'd say that like so many times when we're looking at your transfers and, so I've listened to 95% of the Monday pods. Yeah. And then Friday, sometimes I don't listen to COD because it's a short turnaround work and all comes in the middle. But yeah. I always re- receive those emails and you're always posting your teams. And after we've heard the Monday pod, the moves that you make on Saturday, more often than not surprise us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like how did you come here after where you were on yeah. Monday? Like, that's the thing. That's, that's the only thing. Like, like take yeah. your notes on Monday because those are better for you. Yeah, I mean, I, it's what we use. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the thing that I really want to do this year, and I'm actually making a notebook with a friend of mine to try and help me do it, is to just take notes on like you know early, early in the game, like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever, about like my early thoughts, early moves, just so I have something to reflect back on before I actually make my moves. Because yeah, I mean, Walsh and I obviously influence each other a lot. We've been we've been playing fantasy sports together for legitimately twenty years, well, over twenty years at this point. You know, we're starting with like fantasy basketball and whatever, but. You know, so we we influence each other a lot, and we tell each other stories. But um, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, shit, what was I gonna say about what Baker is, said? Is there a is is there a circle of trust outside of just you two? Like when you're making your moves on Friday, like it's, are you running that move past maybe two other people, or is just Walsh, or is just in your head? I would say most of the time, we both just make our moves and don't even consult each other. Like we, he sends me his moves. I make my moves, and I post the thing. Sometimes, yeah. if I'm really struggling, I'll DM him, or if I'm a wild card, I've, and we're definitely in like more open communication of like, oh, I'm thinking I could do this, this, this. Um, 
And then there's the rare time when, like, I'm really engaged or I, you know, something like that where you and I talk or, like, me or someone like yeah. you, probably mostly you or, you know, just a couple of the other people on Discord or something who I trust and, like, you know, whatever. But usually there's no dialogue. So that's kind of mm-hmm. why I wanted to start with, like, the notebook situation because I want at least a dialogue with myself is basically like that's the baseline of taking notes right is like at least if i'm not talking to you and walsh and whatever before i make my move at least i can look back and have a conversation with myself to say what changed from sunday to friday on why i want to bring in this guy instead of the two guys that i was planning on bringing in yeah yeah it's it might not be a bad idea because it's really helped me also because i used to fly solo a lot yeah, two years or three years ago, and what made me realize the season I went without Salah came week one and got fucked absolutely fucked <laughs> and wasn't able to recover from there yeah. was that it was a story that I'm telling myself, and the sort of filter that I have in my head now is there's a, there's a three group of three or four people that I trust and like Zoff's one of them, my pod yeah. partner, Love and, and Zoff and me are contrasting. In terms of how we play the game, but he knows how I play the game and he knows how I like to play the game. A question I ask him is not whether I should do it. I just, I, I just ask him, tell me if it's stupid. Like, is it too much? Basically, is, yeah. Like, does it make, is, is there sense in this theory? Is it stupid? And there yeah. have been times where he stopped me from doing something and it's worked. And most of the times he tells me, no, you know, go, it's not stupid. And that's all the assurance you need in terms of how far you go when you, when you're, making that right move that's about it yeah i mean i i'd like to dive in there a little bit more actually because on that one bad season where you didn't start with mo you know which is a cardinal sin in fpl like it's it feels so weighted against you and difficult to actually play catch up in fpl more so than like any other game i play like how and of course, there's so many more people playing the game and more informed players of the game too. You're right. You're not just getting some incredible player that no one else has. Like by the time you turn around, he's 90% owned in the top 10K. How do you catch up? What, what do you do if you have a bad start? Or is the whole point of kind of not betting, not like managing the bets against is the whole point of that to just not have to play catch up? Yeah. Cause I went all tilt. Like I was yeah. obsessed with Timo Werner that season, and I just stuck with him mm. way too long yeah. that season. I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah me Timo. too. And, and, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, and it was difficult. Like if I knew how to pull myself out of the situation, I'd have done it. But I wasn't able to because you're always trying to shortcut your way, and you're not thinking yeah. straight. Like, yeah. like weirdly enough, momentum is a thing in FPL. Yeah. Like, right. When you're thinking straight, you're thinking straight, and you're not doing stupid things. Like. If you're trying to shortcut, because you're not thinking like, this is the right move. I'm like, how do I make up 30 points this week? Because I need to make up 30 points. I'm behind. Right. Like, right. like, and, th- and that leads to your head thinking different stupid things. But probably, like, this is great because there's a, there's a guy that I talked to called FPL Rouser. And he does this insane thing of not looking at OR all season. Oh, that's, I don't even understand. I mean, how could you not? But you see it. He knows how to do it. He's got a small circle of trust in terms of what he's doing. But he's like, 
Does he and, like? And we, does he send like a telegram to a friend no. to, for his move? No, so, Here's my login so, and password. Like, make this move for me. I don't even want to log, log into in, the website. So he uses the phone or the app, and apparently, when you log in, and I believe him because he's a great guy, and I've spoken tons to him. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's somebody. He's like a friend who I talk to, and I absolutely take his word because his simple thing is that that doesn't help your FPL game. You're not making optimal decisions if you're aware of your rank. I think that's probably true. Like that's that's I mean, the theory. I, in that his makes sense. Yeah. So 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 when you told me like how do you recover? Uh, my answer would be un- unless you're involved in min leagues or cash leagues or your uh around game week thirty where you can play eight weeks based on whether you want to be aggressive or not based on your rank yeah. goals. I think the best answer is to not be aware of your rank. Dance, dance like no, dance like no one's watching. Dance like no one's watching. Just, just don't pay attention to them. I think. I mean, yeah, eight. that's that's actually so sensible. I mean, for everything you just said, right? Like, just imagining your season where you're on tilt, you don't start with Mo, whatever, right? Every decision and thought you probably had that season is colored by the fact that you're ranked one million and you get a red arrow every week. Absolutely. I was trying too hard. I was absolutely yeah. trying too hard. Yeah. When the right thing and to I'm do like, is I, actually I just want... steady the ship. I mean, I think one yeah. of the most, like, not maybe toxic is the wrong way, wrong word, but one of the worst ways that we describe FPL, and I see it all over Discord, I see it all over Twitter, is when everyone says, yeah, but everyone owns him. Well, yeah. no one, no one, except for maybe Mo in his Mo season, is actually owned by everyone. You know, yep. Even if they're owned by 80% of the top 10K, whatever, capped by you know 80% of the top 10K, that's 20% that you could gain rank on if you think they're the best captain. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's just Agreed. wrong. We always say, a Walsh and I saying huh. is that like, it's also a differential to have everyone, right? Okay. Like, yeah, like it, the per- the way that the percentages and ownerships work is that having all of these guys who are highly owned is also a differential. It doesn't have to be that you pick the one guy who's no one has, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a good thing. But yeah, I was I was and, gonna say, oh go go, and you can't not pay attention to you. Like two years ago. I really, really wanted to try being the purest and not pay attention to yeah. you, but yeah. you need to. You're playing against other people. That's, yeah. that's pretty much the game. That's really, yeah, that, when Walsh kept hammering that home on the premium pod, I was just like, God damn, dude, you're, you're on point. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to hear it because I don't want to accept it, but it's true. I mean, it's true. They're, they're, and that's the thing that, you know, I was going to say that, that Baker said also, right, is we spend no time on just FPL. Literally none. Yeah. I never yeah. think of just FPL. I never, you know, and that's part of the reason I think Walsh and I consume no FPL content is because that's what most of the other pods and articles and whatever spend all of the time on just yeah. FPL. Like for the most part, right? And I think that one of the things that's changed for me, and, you know, I'm saying this, you know, a month before the season started, so we'll see if it, if it stays true. But one of the things, at least in the initial pod and the premium pod that Walsh and I did, is that I'm, I feel right now actually interested in the game for the first time in years. I'm like, I yeah. actually find this interesting. I find this strategically engaging, like something that is a challenge and a puzzle. And I always used to feel that way. And I think that's what drew me to the game initially. But somewhere yeah. along the way, Walsh and I just got 
lost in the sauce and just only talk about who sucks and who's good and F- and not FPL at all. Yeah. 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 And if you really think about it right now, what really got me sucked into this game was uh, 10 years ago, I stumbled upon FFS and it wasn't really what was on FFS, but it was 50 other like-minded people. And yeah. Walsh was on there. He'll tell you. Uh, it's talking every day figuring how to solve this game and it's it's still a tough game to solve and i feel like talking to 5 10 15 people throughout the year in terms of all right how are we solving this what do you think is the meta here etc etc as well and as much as we'd like to think we're not the only smart ones here there are a ton of other smart people playing this game and it's I think there's no harm in listening to a few of them in terms of yeah. what they're talking, in terms of strategy, in terms of how the season is panning. I'm really always primarily interested in the meta. When I'm listening to you guys, I'm there for the reads because it's the best reads, right? So, so it's 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 yeah. a combination of it's like a study group. Yeah, 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 totally. And then and then you try to figure how you want to take what from right. what. That's about it. Like you need to be aware of the filters and the biases that people have when they're talking. Right. That's that's really about it. Oh man, this was this is a deep dive, dude. This is therapeutic. I needed this actually. I think you were already on the way. Like when I was listening yeah, to the I premium know. pod today, like you guys were on it. I know, like, I know. We were th- we were close. We were there. And you know, in two weeks, I'm bringing on FPL Salah. So another yeah. another guy, your kind of ranks, just a fucking legend of the game. You know, so yeah. it'll be more of this. It's me trying to engage with the game in a way that I yeah. pretty much never have. He's the perfect guy for you to bring pre-game week one, I reckon. Why is that? Because, because, huh, yeah. So, so he's the guy who, so, so he used to be a part of this FPL forum called FISO. Okay, and they've, and, and there's this, uh, post that somebody made on FISO in terms of how to make sure you're not having an FPL shit season. And there was like, <laughs> like, like, a, I, like need a, four, I need that. I need that. Four pages of article, uh, an article in terms of how you structure a season so that you're not, completely far away and it's essentially going primarily chalk early season that's, that's yeah. pretty much the core of it and and and, and i was like i'm going to try this and it, it matched with what i saw in terms of my own research in terms of when i looked right. at my season data right and that's that's how i came to that conclusion so he's great because he'll if at all you're tithering uh, he, he he'll tell you He's he's a good judge in terms of telling which are the bets to make and which the bets which are the best. <laughs> he'll to rain make he'll good. rain me in once I have yeah. you know no mo yeah. no yeah. Holland whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, so you know it's been like forty five minutes or something. So do you want to talk about any teams or players or anything like that quickly, and then maybe we'll wrap it up? Or you know what are you thinking? I I have a couple of Liverpool questions actually. Yeah, let's go uh, for it. Uh, so, 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 Trent and Salah are not worth really talking about, but I agree. I'm interested in the Robo versus Van Dyke versus Diaz debate. And, and then there's a little bit of a trend that I saw. And then somebody posted some stats on Twitter as well. In terms of Robo's output went really up. Like it spiked once Diaz started playing on the left. Oh, and if true? you really. Oh. And if and then I got thinking about it. And if you really think about it, Diaz, eighty percent of the times he's going to cut in and shoot. 
or cut and drag two defenders with him and that just leaves a yeah. ton of space for Robbo on the back post if you think about it he's been free on the back post a lot of times when Diaz is playing on the left hand side is there any truth to this where Robbo might be a better asset now that Diaz is playing on the left hand side yeah I mean to tell you the truth I hadn't really thought about that or considered it it's like too early you know I haven't fully dove into that kind of stuff but it makes sense but the thing that i would say is that if i were to just guess on a theory to that i would say i think it's more due to the fact that mo was having such a down end of the season and not as much part of the game because when liverpool's going well we build everything through the triangle of trent hendo and mo absolutely everything goes through them and so I don't think that it's necessarily the case that because Diaz is on the pitch, Rabo's necessarily doing better. I think it might have been more the case that because Liverpool happened to be playing down the left more, that was more of an option, that that's why Rabo's you know, numbers and back posts and that stuff was increasing more so. Because in a normal, you know, like, I, I feel like you talk about this with, with some teams, but when you think about a normal... Liverpool attack it's it's almost always Mo playing in Trent or Trent playing in Mo that's how yeah. it begins and maybe sometimes yeah. that's how it ends but usually that's how it begins maybe you know Mo's gonna then cross it or cut it back or shoot maybe Trent's gonna cross it whatever but it's not even when Mane was there right it's not build through Mane and let Robbo make the overlapping run of course it happens from time to time but it's not just like the standard way of play so i would i would attribute it to probably mo getting less touches and being less involved than normal and he didn't even play in some of those games right he didn't start like 3 out of the last 6 or whatever but it is interesting i mean i definitely think it's worth looking at i i was are you you know what y scout is have you ever used that I was looking at it and I might I might do a thing with maybe with Nate like a video thing but basically it has it, it's not free at all it's pretty it's quite expensive but basically it has every player pretty much in the world as far as I can tell in any league and you can pull video from all of their actions so yeah. right you can say I want to see every robo shot from the second half of last season or every That's Rabo great. big chance, or every you know Diaz to Rabo connection, and you can just see that, and it'll just make a playlist of video clips, and you'll just see all of them. That is great. That it's is unbelievable. Nuts. I think it's like really the most underused tool, probably in FPL. I mean, part of it is because it's so expensive, but I think also part of it is because you know it gets weird with like the rights to the footage and reproducing it. Right? I can't just post on YouTube, here's all the Diaz clips, like I would just get taken down and banned from Wisecap for life. But, you know, yeah. it is it is underutilized in the sense that like, not that, you know, theorizing would go away, but something like this, where you're asking me a very specific thing from a very specific part of the season, right? I would love to just be able to go watch it. And yeah. be like, well, you know, why are we making up what might have been happening or why something is happening. When you when can we, just see something. When I could just see it. And be like, oh, yeah. actually, you know, that was kind of a lucky bullshit shot. And actually, yeah. you know, Mo wasn't on the pitch. It was kind of a weird game. You know, whatever it is. And yeah, yeah, it's worth worth looking into. I can show you I can show you a thing from it. I'll I'll DM you after. But um yeah, it's really cool. And and just a second question that I had. Well, what do you think is Diaz's floor as an FPL, because, because yeah, because because when I watch him, right, it is 
it's a little confusing to me because his, his shooting, he shoots a lot. He's a shot merchant. Yeah. But, but a lot of it is from distance. Yeah. A lot of it is just outside the D cut and shoot, take a shot. Like, right. He's, he's not like more wherein the cross is coming in from Robo and he's placing himself in the center of the box. Or right. Even when Robo is there or Trent is there, he's, he's not doing the Mane thing where he's in the center of the box. So, so I just need to understand how close he is to Mane as an FPL pick from what you've seen first half of last season. Yeah. I mean, Second just half of- starting with Mane, I mean, I genuinely think that Mane is one of the most underrated players in the last like decade. You know, just getting a player who exclusively plays wide, except for, you know, the last 15 games of last season. Basically, his whole career has been exclusively wide, in England at least, and never took pens, ever, on any team, and just puts up the amount of goals that he puts up and the consistency that he puts up, right? So I don't think that they're actually that similar. Like, I think Mane is a really unique player who, you know, is capable of golden boot in open play like sun, like sun levels of just goals yep. in open play right i don't think diaz is that and if you look at just the on fb ref i'm just looking at the average distance of their shot right mane is 13.3 yards per shot he's as low as you know the only guys ahead of him are matip kanate jota and vvd in terms of proximity yeah. to goal for every shot, Mane is just in there. He's got exactly. that's and that's his true skill. I think that's his. That's what makes him underrated and elite is that his ability to get in those areas and get those shots. I think of someone like Raz similarly. Honestly, like Raz's yeah. true talent is like getting on the end of stuff yep. and getting huge chances. And regardless, yep. I don't care if he finishes them or not. If he does it enough, he's going to score twenty goals. Diaz is not what's, like what's that. Diaz? Yeah, what's he's, Diaz's number? he's sixteen yards per shot. So that's like pretty far, you know, and yeah. that's not so good. So I, I mean, I don't really think of him that much as like, okay, he can do what Mane can do in terms of goal scoring, even though his XG was really good last season under Liverpool. Yeah. I don't think that that's really where you're going to get. I don't expect 15 goals in open play from him. I just don't see that. But I do yeah. think that his floor is still very high because I think the assist potential is really high. You know, I mean, I think double-digit assists, if he's playing the amount that we probably both think he's going to play, is very real. And so if we're talking at someone who's, you know, you know, around 10 goals maybe, but with around 10 assists too, I mean, that's... That's really good. So, you know, that, that's, good. that's, you know, if, if, and, you know, add in, of, of course, like you can look at someone like Matto, who's 12 and 11 last year, right? And that's 181 points. Well, add in the fact that, you know, Diaz may get less bonus than Matto, but he's getting 15 more clean sheet points also. Clean sheet points, yeah. So, you know, if I'm, if that's really what I think about him, and I, then I'm kind of saying his floor is like, I don't know, 170, 180. The thing that makes him so attractive, I think, in FPL is that his ceiling is unknown. Yeah. Because he could also just score 15 goals. (laughs) Like, you know, everything I'm saying might be true, and yet he still just bangs in 15 goals. And some of those ones from outside the, the, you know, the, the middle of the box or just on the edge of the box like that hit the post last season or hit the post against United in the preseason game some of those go in and all of a sudden he's on 15 goals and 12 assists and 20 clean sheet points and you're like holy shit yeah yeah Yeah. that's the only one because the the tricky part with him also is it's it's, it's, you're not just not picking and another good 8 million midfielder you're not picking BVD or Robo 
Yeah. And like the th- yeah. those three Liverpool slots are important. So that's the, that's those are the questions that I had. Yeah, what about had. United? How are you feeling, you know, or obviously it's extremely early on in the Ten Hag era. They beat Liverpool 4-0. How, you know, this was a, a question from Discord, but how soon do you think you would go United? Like, do you think there's contention for game week one? Maybe Rash, I see some people on. And then, you know, how soon would you be jumping to someone like Bruno? Because the thing, I, I love the Bruno pick. I love all the points that Bruno made, that Walsh made about Bruno. But, you know, if you're going Bruno, you're sacrificing another premium and you really have to change your team. So it's risky i think game week one to go for someone like that but how what would you need to see to be like okay it's time i need to get bruno immediately i I think if you're going salah and holland anyway and you're not really bothered about spurs um i think bruno is a decent game week one also like like my assumption with united and and i spoke about this earlier also is that the, the whole key to this whole thing is Ronaldo doesn't play game week one. That's like, everything. That's everything. He, he needs to have left the club. And if he leaves the club and these guys need to play with each other, like Tony, Drash and Bruno have played with each other a while. Yeah. Like they've got a little bit of team chemistry. You know, Jenna just needs to set them into a system. And what he's focusing on is patterns of play. I, I think United might be like the team that uh, they were when I came onto your pod the first time. Yeah. Wherein a yeah. lot of underpriced players, enough quality in attack, don't touch the defense at all. Because I think, you know, when it comes to re-coaching a team, a high press and completely changing the way they're playing the game. And and, and I think because of the banter club that United has become, yeah. people are not looking as closely as at the fact that we've got an A-list elite coach now yep. coaching the team. Yep. Like, like this... and upward trajectory elite coach coming to our club hasn't happened in the last 10 years. So, I, and it doesn't take really good coaches to get a tune out of the team. Like, especially whether it's either in attack or defense. So, I feel like all our options in attack are underpriced. And I absolutely I'm, agree with that. Yep. And I'm looking to jump on them game week one if I have to. Just, I think 6.5 million for Rash, 7.5 million for Sancho. They're good prices. Seven for I Tony if he's up top. Seven for Tony if there's oh no God. Ronaldo. Like I don't. Like, if you remember that phase of the season, people were struggling and trying to get three United attackers in that eight game week COVID yeah. period when we were scoring yeah. goals. So I, I, I think that's still there. There's enough creativity now. We have Ericsson as well. If you really think about it, there are enough people on the pitch to create chances at least. So I think we're gonna be. There, there's, it's going to be a lot like Klopp's first season where you'll see goals, but you will see a lot of goals conceded as well. So I don't think you'll touch our defense at all, but yeah, I think sense. there will be goals. There will be goals. Yeah. That's where I, mean, I, am I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, it's weird because it's like one of those things where the fit is a lot better than maybe what how people rate the individuals in terms of Rashford, Martial, Sancho, Bruno. Because Sancho yeah. and Bruno are on the ball all the time. They need the yeah. ball all the time to do stuff, to do well, to play, to get yeah. value out of them. They need to be on the ball yeah. all the time. Rashford and Martial do not need to be on the ball. They just need to run. Like Tony needs yeah. the ball and shoot. He doesn't pass. He doesn't need to pass. They don't even exactly. want him to pass. Rashford... Exactly. Go beat a man, make the run, make the late run, make the far post run, counter. He doesn't yeah. need the ball. He's never been like a winger. 
ever in his yeah. career, even though he played wide. So I, I actually like the fit a lot there. I just hope they have the balls to actually sell Ronaldo and go for it. And that's obviously, yeah. you know, the big I question. I think they're trying to. Like the, the fact I think so that too. Mendes I think is, so too. Uh, it's just who's going to buy him. The question is that I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a buyer at the moment. Who's going to buy like, him? And also, where will he go? Because also yeah. he's, you know, a needy bitch and he's not going to yeah. just go play for, you know, some shitty ass team who's not in the Champions League or whatever. He he probably has a list of like, I'll play for these three it, teams. And if they don't buy him, might, he's not going. It might come down to him having to play for a shitty ass team, but that's in the Champions League. Yeah. Like, yeah. for that reason, I'm happy we're not in the Champions League. Yeah, I know. Right. It, it It's yeah. kind of a good thing in a weird way. Yeah, it's I totally of, agree it, with that. That's, that's, that's what I am. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right, man. So, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but we should probably, you know, not go for a yeah. five-hour pod this this early in preseason. But, you know, where so, where can people, you know, check you out and listen to you and read your work and all that stuff to, you know, keep up with you for, you know, pre-game week one and all that stuff? Late Rise at 12. That's, that's, that's about it. At Late Rise at 12. On Twitter and on the Discord. Hell yeah. And The Wire. Don't forget about the FPL yeah. Wire. And yeah, you can find find us on the FPL Wire on YouTube as well. We're there and all your podcast applications. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. Cheers. 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 It's been great.